Welcome to Pickle Me This, the officially unofficial podcast for Rick and Morty on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm Aaron. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today, we're talking about Season 1, Episode 8, Ricksty Minutes. Here's Aaron with the recap. Board of Reality Television, Rick hijacks a family TV so they can view interdimensional cable, featuring shows from across all spectrums of time, space, and reality. Improvisational hilarity ensues. Beth and Jerry would rather use this technology to view alternate dimensions where they are ostensibly happier and more successful, which leads to their further marital alienation. Summer realizes she's an unwanted child and plans on running away before Morty drops some interdimensional zen that helps her cope with the arbitrary and pointless nature of life. Finally, Beth and Jerry see their happier, more fully realized selves lament the fact that they never got together in those universes, which leads them to have yet another reconciliation. Aaron, hey, what'd you think of this episode? I mean, this, like, if people close their eyes, uh, Rick and Morty fans close their eyes and think of Rick and Morty, this is probably one of the top three things they think about, like these interdimensional cable shows and how they're, they're, they're quote-unquote loose and improvisational feel, mm-hmm. and just how fun and crazy they are in the a plots or i guess maybe the b plot um and how they you know but they they're not just like i think a a quote-unquote lesser show using quote-unquote a lot uh i quote-unquote myself saying a lesser show would probably just do the interdimensional cable and it'll just be like you know what let's give the writers a break let's get dan and justin and everybody else into the booth and just say the craziest shit uh, and we'll just animate it and bada bing, bada boom. But what elevates it, I think, is the, the, the A or B plot, however you look at it, kind of grounding it and moving some of those relational things forward. Like using this yeah. as a, you know, like it's also funny and, you know, ball fondlers and, you know, lucky charms <laughs> and all that. But also there's some real pathos being generated by the possibilities of seeing your more successful other alternate selves. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I, I really like all those aspects of it. I think this feels like sort of the Justin Roiland hour or the, the Justin Roiland 22 minutes, yeah. uh, which is a good thing. Like, I like what Justin brings to the show, that that zaniness needs to be there for it to be Rick and Morty. And he really gets to shine in this one. You can tell, like, yeah, they're just in the booth making shit up there are and zero, having fun. Clearly zero wrong answers. Yeah, some of the times when they when they pitch something, they like break into laughter and they leave it in. And I always love moments like that in shows. You know, it's the SNL kind of fly on the wall sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that stuff is great. I think most of these pitches are really funny. Uh, and I have I have my favorites. You want to talk about our favorites? Uh, sure. Um, I think that my personal favorite is the, uh, the, the kind of mashup of tricks and lucky charms Okay, where the kids slice open the leprechaun and it's mostly on the strength of just them going for broke on the execution. Like these stone face, like these kids are almost like deep in an addiction, (laughs) squeezing out the lucky charms from his intestines and him. There's this this shitty saying as they're doing this, like, uh, oh, Lord Jesus, I come to the light. I see I see demons. Oh, I see demons. It's it's the, the, really my, funny. The, the line that gets me and, and I agree, like those are the best lines in uh-huh. that whole skit, the, uh-huh. the strawberry smiggles thing. But like the one that gets me for some reason is when he says my entrails are out. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's 
Yeah, he's it's just, uh, just a good turn of phrase. I don't, I don't know. He's just reporting the facts, folks. But yeah, yeah I see demons. That's uh, that's another one that's become really embedded in my household. Like anytime, <laughs> like someone's in undergoing something painful or traumatic, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's a good way to break the tension. Just yeah, well, what demons. did this? What did this poor leprechaun do to deserve? where he's headed yeah it's like uh <laughs> maybe it's it's there's so many layers to it like yeah you know because he's he professes to believe in jesus christ uh mm-hmm. i good irish catholic leprechaun of course mm-hmm. um but maybe that's the thing he's like uh this pre-christian pagan de- uh demi deity and uh those though <laughs> they they don't go to heaven no they get drunk no. down to the bad place their blasphemous nature i don't know it's 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 funny it's, it's oh just hell funny. yeah, yeah. Uh, i love that that's good my my other favorite because that's really high up there but my other favorite is real fake doors uh, i just i just like the the whole nature of this it's like a, a little bit of comedy torture which i think you you, a you tend bit? to enjoy yeah i do yeah which is maybe why i like justin's you know idea of comedy so much yeah uh, but yeah, I, I really love, and even Rick seems to get like really invested in it, right? Mm-hmm, He's like, mm-hmm. "Holy shit, this is still the commercial, Morty!" Yeah, it's like, it's uh, the kind of the comedic tension, Morty. It's it's yeah. it's, uh, it's brilliant. Uh, I I mean, there's like I don't know, there's so many uh, there, there's like little like glimpses of the Game of Thrones dimension where everyone's a mm-hmm. dwarf actor except for Tyrion, but it looks like they're all still bummed out that he's the giant. Like it's not uh, like haha, I'm the normal. It's like no, they all I mean, hate he's him. the abnormal one still. Yeah, he's yeah. now that uh, that's really funny. Um, I like two brothers, and almost exclusively mm. because it's. I don't know if, if 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 you're a Rick and Morty fan and you like this this particular episode and what they're doing on it, like I cannot highly recommend Harmontown enough because at least every other show it gets it's it's Dan and some other classically trained and very successful improv, improv comic just doing some random shit and it's mm-hmm. really funny and like hearing him go further and further out on this two brothers limb and just stack it up and try to keep bringing it back and then try you know, acknowledge all that in the title and kind of like giving up at the end yes that's my favorite part of it yeah is when he finally just says it's just called two brothers yeah and, and it's then, like you know, know he's, he's got these like particular kind of like word whiskers or transitions where he's like oh, I, i've built up this thing and uh and then wait till you see what's next uh you you don't even want to know like it's just gone to the next it's yeah it's, it's funny. I mean, co- probably controversially i don't actually like that pitch all that much i think yeah. it's a little it, it's not tempered by any sort of uh it, it just feels almost like too low effort mm-hmm. that one feels like the one where they just said a bunch of shit sent it over to the animators and said make this into something good yeah uh the the i don't know when it gets too improvisational I'm not and, as much of a fan there's other things that like i i don't know if they were funny in the moment because like when i think i first started watching rick and morty i still lived in indiana and one thing about indiana is it's like infrared so you will never see like democratic campaign commercials on the television and mm. when i moved to ohio like this thing where they have the trunk people yeah. Um I started experiencing the emotional whiplash which is like watching a football game and seeing like a Hillary Clinton campaign commercial and then a Donald Trump one immediately after and like this mm-hmm. just the, the whiplash that you get from that is like captured by this like you got the anti-trunk marriage people versus the pro-trunk marriage and uh-huh. I thought that was kind of funny and then there's a lot of like the turbulent juice which is just like what the <laughs> fuck. But What's what's what 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 makes it work is like everyone in universe is like acknowledging all this like you know right. 
They can't all be winners. This is random interdimensional television cable. Sex sells, Morty. Yeah, just kind of yeah. like if, you know, sometimes you, you feel like that way when you flip. If you got like a big cable package or satellite package, you're just flipping through and you'll come across like a lumberjack competition. Oh, and I love those. That's what I'm saying. Like sometimes it's really amazing or you'll see like mm-hmm. a sumo like championship on ESPN Ocho and it's like, fuck yeah, I'm in for this. But then you'll also see just the worst kind of like old 60s cop shows that are terrible or you'll see just a really misguided hallmark channel movie or something or you know maybe i'm just 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 saying the stuff i don't like uh and 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 it's like that's (laughs) that this is what it captures only to the nth degree yeah uh i like ants Myers johnson quite a bit too that one it's ridiculous but all these are it's an alternate earth dimension clearly seems like it uh, so which kind of like I don't, we can we can continue to talk about our favorite uh, interdimensional cable skits, but nah. uh, I'd like to kind of trans transition into talking about the meat of the you know the show, the the steak, not the sizzle, mm-hmm. which is Be- Beth and Jerry realizing that them living their best selves seems to be at least in dimension C five hundred A to be um, completely incompatible with them being together. But it's almost like yes. it's it's almost like a weird faded destiny thing. Of course, it's just one uh-huh. fucking dimension. So maybe I'm taking too much from this. But like the one dimension where they don't get together and they more or less have their idealized successful careers that they always pine for each other as the one that got away. Right. It it's, it does come full circle by the end of the episode because um, mm-hmm. you you see them getting obsessed with who they could have been, uh, but then they find out that who they could have been also wanted to be who they are now. And I think that's, you know, in in certain aspects of him. Uh, And I think that's, I don't know, the ending is a little saccharine on this one. Um, It plays it out with the uh, pop song and like they hug and and then make out and everything's right in the world at the end. And it's kind of like in, in Back to the Future, right? Like, what if Marty had gone back and fixed everything, gone back to the future, and everything is pretty much his dad's super successful and his mom's got Mm -hmm. money, but they're divorced because it turns out they couldn't stand each other. Yeah. Like, it's weird that no matter what kind of fuckery you do in the past that you and I, I thought that's also like, yeah, where is the where's the uh, Marty's parents and Back to the Future version of Beth and Jerry, where they were able to support and grow and help each other and become stronger through all this. And because well, like, if they did that, Jerry, Marty wouldn't exist. And none of the like he would just disappear. Right. Because the whole point was to get his parents back together. Oh, so like you couldn't really do that story no, 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 in that they, they, movie. They, they but... stayed together long enough to have like Marty and his sister. It's just they split up afterwards because okay. they realized that okay. like, oh, well, you're a science fiction nerd and I want to play tennis, you know, where. Right. Um, I just wonder, like, there's got to be a future where Beth and Jerry were fully actualized. Like he's the actor and the and maybe even like with Beth, like keeping him real, he doesn't go and write uh What's that weekend that Dead Woman's Cats 2 or whatever it is? Holy shit, yeah, Dead Cat And 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 maybe she doesn't, like, drink herself to sleep with her, you know, cages full of parrots. Like, uh, I don't know, but, you know, obviously maybe that's that's, uh, uh, interdimensional cable for another day. Yeah, could be. We have more seasons of this show to cover. I thought it was also interesting about, like, Summer. There's some really good dialogue here about, like, the fact that when she's go- trying to go through all the different um, versions of herself, whenever she like fires up one of her parents' versions where they're successful, she doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And then anytime she finds herself to exist, they're always just doing something stupid like playing Yahtzee or shoots and ladders. Um, I mean, that's 
a lot of this, a lot of what is interesting about Rick and Morty is the fact that characters are forced to confront directly obvious truths that in most people's lives are just hypotheticals. Yeah. You know, like, like uh, you don't need to have a family discussion about, like, how do we feel about the fact that mom and dad could have aborted you? Mm-hmm. Because they didn't, and you don't talk about it. And, you know, that's just, but, like, here's, like, a child can pick up a pair of goggles and be like, oh, this is the, this is the, this is where I didn't, this is where I don't exist and look at my parents are so much more successful. And, and like, Beth's line of, like, well, what do you want me to say? I'm the version of your mother yep. who didn't abort you, so you're welcome. Yeah. Like. No, I think that's a perfect <laughs> refutation. Yeah, but it's 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 still not exactly satisfying to hear from a, a child's point of view. So, and, oh, and yeah, you're just a version be... that resents me. Yeah, I get right. it. Right. And also you tack on the idea that Jerry maybe talked her out of this abortion and she really wanted it in the first place. And like it was just a moment of weakness that that kept Summer in the picture. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of stuff there. Uh, I, I think this episode really needed the episode before it, though, because in order to mm. identify it all with yeah. Summer... Yeah. Uh, and you have to have the episode where she goes on an adventure with Rick. Right. And you have comes... to have some characterization. So they, they, I think they knew what they were doing, similar to how, you know, they positioned the the Rick potion number nine mm-hmm. in yeah, the yeah, season. Yeah. I think they knew what they were writing here when they wrote it. Um, I also like um, the, you know, like Rick coming in and is like, oh, you guys are looking, you know, uh, we're having real fun on the interdimensional cable. I see you guys are looking at your alternate lives and bummed that you don't have it so good. Like, it would be kind of toxic to have access to this goggle technology because if there's an infinite mm-hmm. versions of you, that that implies that there's an infinite versions of you that's better than you are now because that's oh, yeah. how infinity works. Like yeah. half an infinity is still, guess what, motherfucker, infinity. Mm-hmm. So there's an infinity versions of you better than you. And I do feel like that's a human tendency to look at that rather than the infinity of versions where, oh, Jesus, I'm ant- I'm ants in my eyes, Jerry, <laughs> right. and I'm on fire and my life is literally hell. But, you know, um, Mm -hmm. and also the idea that, like, there is something interesting, too, about, like, this is the first time we start to look at, like, the Beth, the Jerry side of the, like, Beth damage that he points that kind of, like, uh, yeah, because he's kind of gloating about, oh, I could have been diving in piles of cocaine and fucking Kristen Stewart or whatever, um, because apparently in the dimension that Jerry successfully, uh, she's not gay. Uh, That's, that's, that's some, it's some interesting (laughs) Uh, yeah, she probably uh, didn't come out yeah um but the, the the she's like he said something about the lies like oh now that the tables have turned we know we now know they're unturned like some of us thought that they were unturned tables like uh-huh. kind of like oh you've always thought you could do better than me and now on this universe where you could do better than me i did better than you mm-hmm. i just it's, it's i don't know it's, it's a lot of interesting pathos and and the petty jealousy <laughs> on display here for sure uh, I'm going to move this southwest and do something with turquoise, and whether or not that had something to do with meth or a gateway to it, that's pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, so like the perfect antidote is at the end of the episode where Morty says the flip side of this is like this is all arbitrary. Mm-hmm. Like there is a million decisions that led up to you being born or not born, and to get gripped up about any particular one bouncing this way or that, like you exist you can derive some sort of a satisfaction and pleasure from that, or you can't. Yeah. And if you can come in here and just watch television because nothing else matters. That's kind of an oddly life affirming thing. And the fact that it's delivered by your brother, who's talking about his moldering grave, like it's really metal, but kind of like cool. (laughs) And like, like I said, in the description, the episode synopsis, kind of like a Zen Buddhist monk reflection. Right. 
And then as far as dimensions go in this episode, uh, there's a C500A, which is kind of the one they experience where Jerry does better and Beth does better and Summer doesn't exist. Uh, but then there are too many to list on interdimensional oh, cable. Right. Uh, I, I'm going to put a full list in the show notes, but I'm not going to go into it here. If you really, really care about this stuff, I guess go check it out. Uh, Hamsters and Butt World's where it's at. The moon, it comes crashing into Earth. And what do you do then? It's two brothers, and a, and and they're gonna. It's called two brothers. Two brothers. It's just called two brothers. We're getting geared up for the sixth annual summer badass fest, and while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, <laughs> now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. All right, I'm not going back to the portal gun well. We're not opening up portals this time. We're strapping on interdimensional goggles to peer into dimension BM-77 to access behind-the-scenes details, trivia, and spoilers for future episodes. Uh, you know, pretty clearly, listening to the Blu-rays for this, uh, you know, the Beth and Jerry plot, like, they even say it. Like, that's Dan's side of the fence, and mm-hmm. all the other crazy shit is Justin. And not that Dan doesn't get in and, and do improv with Justin, and not that Justin doesn't weigh in on the character stuff, but, like, yeah. this is kind of, like, the show at its most dichotomous, it seems like. Uh-huh. Um, and how, like, they're just... I really like these commentaries when they, you know, it's, it's fun when they're crazy and they're talking about masturbating as 14 year olds, but I really, really like it when they're do- dropping science about like how they use writer's techniques, like Morty's line to Rick about, Oh, you know, this is a, uh, seems like uh television from other dimensions has a looser feel. And Rick's like, yeah, it's got a real improvisational quality. It's like, that's mm-hmm. a deliberate invitation from the audience to like, 
we are inviting you onto this side. You are now with us on the joke. Like this is all stupid and silly mm-hmm. and arbitrary and there's no goddamn good reason for it. And this is where us letting you know that like all the people are like, Oh, they're just making this shit up. You're right. Yeah. You want to come in and, and make fun of it with us? Or do you want to sit there and be, be, you know, look, like, like Jerry says, look at where being smart gets you. Yeah. It's so, sort of what, you know, Rick is saying throughout this whole episode to Beth and Jerry and summer, like, Hey, we're having a blast over here. And you guys are worrying about this shit too much. Like, get on our side of the fence, you know? Come sit down on the couch and just enjoy this. And it lets you get comfortable as an audience. The concept of these goggles are, are kind of an anathema, the a- animation. Like, these POV shots, because they're just very... Yeah. It's, it's very hard to do animation from a POV. Especially mm-hmm. this kind of animation, where it's all kind of two-dimensional. That's why you don't see it very often. Whereas in a live action, like, it's the easiest thing in the world to get a POV. It's just, Point a camera. You just, say, you just let people know that... It, it's it's a camera and the mm-hmm. camera's your eyeballs and boom there you go yeah that's kind of interesting when Dan was like riffing on the two brothers when he said a Mexican armada he kind of envisioned like Spanish galleon style kind of things but the storyboards went space and they're like fuck it that's cool too uh-huh. I also like Dan's uh, commentary on pretty insightful pretty zen like you were talking about with what uh, Morty says at the end to summer uh, he he basically says. This can any version of of your reality, any of these universes that you're in can be both your worst and best. Mm. And it's really up to you because, you know, as Morty says, nobody belongs anywhere. You know, everybody's going to die. It's kind of that that transient quality of life. And and I thought Dan was pretty zen about it just in the commentary itself, too. Yeah. Um, there's also like I like that they're talking about the. um I forget what the name of the show is, but the one where the kittens take over, Mrs. Sullivan, Weekend at Dead Ladies House 2, mm-hmm. that they had gotten pretty far in the process and realized that, like, this isn't really funny. This is just kind of like mashing a Weekend at Bernie's with, like, Cat Lady. Um, and it, it's like that it made them feel very hacky, but then they had the clever idea of, like, oh, we'll just make it written and directed by Jerry Smith and set it in his universe to kind of like show how far he's fallen down the hack run. And I thought that's pretty, that's pretty funny to take your own hack idea. It's like, uh, maybe too indulgent, but like, Oh, (laughs) Oh, it's just our stupidest character that came up with it. Yeah. I I feel like that's Dan's fraud complex at work. Oh, of course. Of course. Cause I thought it was funny on the face, but once you get the animators involved, that's the, thing. that's where it becomes funny. To like, me. I, I feel like at the animatics stage, it might've yes. felt that way. But when the animators just going for broke, like showing this woman or maggot mouth and uh-huh. then they, they like, uh, and her head's falling off and the cats. And, and then you see the scene where he's fucking on. her and uh-huh. like, what is the, re- <laughs> what must be the reality here? Right. Yeah, and then it's like to me, it's like the Jerry. It's Jerry's movie doesn't save it; it just elevates it to like, oh, of course, right. this yeah. would be the thing that he, you know, this would be his fucking cloud atlas that he risks his uh, his and, his and it makes Dan for. as a human being okay with it. Yeah. yeah, and I also like the idea that like in this universe, like Jerry's getting all the Tom Hanks work, but mm-hmm. you know, unlike Tom Hanks, who has this very almost Mister Rogers like public image, which allows him to play Mr. Fucking Rogers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Jerry in his off time is just like hanging out with Leo DiCar- DiCaprio and fucking models and doing piles of cocaine with Johnny Depp. I thought that was pretty uh pretty funny too. Um question. Yeah. Who watches Gazorpa Zorpfield? I can't imagine anyone does. 
Because is it like someone who just is aware of the Gazorpazorp like and and they've made something based uh, like it's like they're culturally appropriating the Gazorpazorp. Uh, I mean, I guess the biology concept to... of interdimensional cable is not necessarily one where these channels are for the people in the dimension that they're made in. Yeah, I mean... but it, I mean, because Rick can tune it in. Presumably, other people can tune it in. Perhaps. So maybe it's meant for the people in other dimensions. No, it's it's interesting because like the movie The Last Samurai is not intended for Japanese audiences. <laughs> no, it's intended for Western audiences that want to feel really fucking good about The Last Samurai being Tom Cruise, right? Uh-huh. So like, is Gazorpazorp feel that kind of thing where like even a male or female Gazorpazorpian would be like, this is fucking offensive, or is it from a different reality where Gazorpazorp is a lot more like Earth? So. They are capable of having a Gazorpazorp field. Well, I feel like it would be sort of the opposite, right? Like the dimensions in which Garfield exists as a comic would be offended that the Gazorpazorp field existed because Garfield's not a Gazorpazorpian. Garfield's mm-hmm. a human. Mm-hmm. And the Gazorpazorpians would be like, yeah, right on. We get to identify with this now, you know? Tom Cruise came in and saved the Japanese yeah. as the last samurai. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Gazorpazorp Field came in and, and did an awesome show. Right. Yeah. I could see that. It's a weird reversal, but... Yeah, 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 yeah. Is it appropriate... Uh, this is something... Maybe maybe we're using too much of our powder in this episode. We should save some for later. But, like, one thing I would like to talk about at some point is... Um, in season three, they do my, Morty's mind blowers. Mm-hmm. as kind of like, ah, I don't want to go to the interdimensional well too much. Uh, bigger fan of Morty's mind blowers or interdimensional cable. Do you think they should alternate them from season to season? I think I'm probably a bigger fan of Morty's mind blowers. Really? Yeah. Because they're a little like micro stories. Whereas this is just like completely, you know, improv. Yeah, and that's you're good. Right. It has its own flavor. It's just not as yeah. compelling to me. Yeah, I guess you're because like I when I first saw Morty's Mind Blowers, I'm like I don't like this as much as because it is. It's a different thing. It's like yeah. clearly they're trying like this is that the plug in or replacement for that. But like um, I don't know. The more I've watched it, the more like I do appreciate the heavy lifting that it does just for the characters of like kind of Rick and Morty. There's so many different ways this ep- that this show can ignore or get around continuity. It's kind of like breathtaking from a like, oh God, I'm up high and I'm looking at how scary this is that they added another layer to that, like in season three. But uh, I guess I, I hope if, if I hope they do both. I hope we continue to get mind blowers, although oh, I yeah. feel like mind blowers might be the harder concept to do because like if Rick makes development towards being a more complete person or <laughs> or, or morty becomes more of a self-actualized you know uh you know i, I don't think he's going to grow up but he's going to change as a character mm-hmm. uh the morty's mind blowers can be problematic because it like that's just a maniacal thing to do and it's also uh it draws into question like how much agency morty and his family can ever have yeah which i don't know maybe that's not a problem for the show and i don't want to shit too much on interdimensional cable because th- those things have you know the b plot um, or really the A plot, whereas mm-hmm. interdimensional, the channels are the B plot in these, uh, which really, you know, lend them a little bit more poignancy, a little bit more seriousness. Oh, maybe they could bring them together and like the Council of Ricks has some kind of uh, official entertainment, which is like, uh, imagine like a, uh, a Twilight Zone. They have like a Rod Sterling version of Rick and he yeah. says this is so they collect Morty's mind blowers from across the dimensions uh-huh. and like these are the most mind blown Mortys. 
and they just sort of flip through them like channels. Yeah, or yeah. it's like it was like an episode of Cops where it's like these are just real stories, like these are real mind uh-huh. Morty's mind blowers. It's just like like you could have an interdimensional cable show where they're just flipping through the channels, and one of them is like a yeah. clearly Morty's mind blowers channel, and like maybe Rick's like super <laughs> uncomfortable, like you know, I'm, uh, how about those go- interdimensional goggles, guys? Right. So I watched all the commentaries on this one. Uh, there's one I, with I've watched Robert them all, Kirkman. but I did not because I I had I I've had these DVDs for a long time, and yeah. I I've watched the uh, Scott uh, Gimple and Robert Kirkman commentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've also professionally watched hundreds of hours of their creative output, and I felt like I was good. I felt like I was good on the second time through. Yeah, um, I don't like saying bad things about people, but you're gonna. So I'm not going to talk about that commentary. Okay. Uh, what I will talk about are the deleted scenes. Okay there, okay. there are a few. There's one that they mention in the commentary with uh, Dan and everybody about unrelatable Seinfeld. It's just kind of a, a throwaway thing they do. But it was one of the skits that didn't make it into the show. Yeah. Um, but there's a few animatics with, with the full audio. And it's okay. It's it's not too bad. That's um, the problem with a lot of like what I found in animation is a lot of stuff that's deleted scenes of animation are like you know probably reasons they were deleted because yeah. like if you take the time you don't take the time to fully animate something that you don't want in the final like like Absolutely. that shit gets weeded out at storyboard so like a lot of times the deleted scenes they're they're interesting in this kind of like a like a what if or like a behind the scenes peek but they don't often like you're like oh wow i can't believe they cut that shit or like that was clearly better than pitch xyz and then there's one called the young and the restful which is just a bunch of people on life support and in a hospital and the the thing is they're all sleeping with each other and they've all got like babies with twin brothers Mm -hmm. and shit like that and it's (laughs) it's dumb yeah uh, g- good job cutting that one guys hamster and butt dumb because you know not not as much fun mm. like the, you can be dumb you just got to be fun with it too i think like what what happened on the hamster and butt world because i mean the post-credit sequence is, raises more questions than it answers like this isn't a symbiotic it makes it pretty clear it's not a symbiotic relationship like these are uh, they have apartments and yeah they're asses. almost like non-sentient creatures and like what the fuck happened in this world because the my I don't know that hamsters and buttholes is actually a thing. Like, that's just like a vicious rumor people start about Richard Gere, oh, right? right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, it, it was sounds gerbils like... for him, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, a hamster, gerbil, are they even different? You got me. Is I don't it, know. It's one of those things where it's like uh, like daddy long legs, where like if Next you're week. from a certain part of the world, daddy long legs are these spiders. And if you're from a different part of the world, they're a different type of spider. It's not really a spider, and you should call them harvestmen. Like, yeah. Yeah, if, if maybe oh, maybe man. it's one of those things where it's like it's a ha- it's it's a hamster unless you put it in a butthole and then mm-hmm. it becomes a gerbil. That sounds right. Right, and mm-hmm. hamsters wouldn't call themselves because they didn't get put in the, ger- the buttholes; they voluntarily made homes out of them. Yeah, so they're it would hamsters, be it'd be so. an ins- insult to call them gerbils because that means you just got shoved in some random butthole. Yeah, that is where they spend a lot of their time though, and uh, the the stinger. Yeah. Which is interesting to me because now the whole family has kind of gone on an adventure, an interdimensional adventure yeah, with Rick. And it's like, right. you know, nothing crazy happened other than hamsters and butts. And Rick looked like he was having fun, too. Yeah, for sure. Maybe it's something uh, that can be explored. Like, the uh, you know, like or what's really what, what, a, what a mad genius scientist really wants is connection with his family. We'll see. Uh, the, then there is one slightly extended scene of Jerry getting... 
uh, Jerry running to Beth and confessing his love in this uh, C-500A dimension. And he's frozen and shattered by Rick, mm-hmm. who thinks, like, he's protecting his daughter. Right. And that's and everything else kind of plays out the same. Like, they, they all come together at the end, and they make out, and they're like, hey, want to watch uh, Ball Fondlers? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, Ball Fondlers, I... I it's so funny because Ryan Ridley tried so desperately. He, there must have been a good story behind like how they came up with ball fondlers. Yeah, they talk and about like it started as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. That, and that's as far as it gets. And, and like well, apparently the is TM, T, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is for their arms are too short to fondle their own balls. Uh-huh. But like that's like they ran out of time to talk about it because like Ryan Ridley kept on saying tell the story and then like everybody else is yammering a mile a minute about whatever they're watching. And by the time we yeah. got to it, it's like uh. I don't know, but the end the result is their final pitch is like we want to go as far away from ball fondling as possible. Like the action should have nothing to do with balls yeah. or fondling. Which fair enough. Like I, I, I like the roughly a team kind of pastiche, mm-hmm. like eighties improv- kind of you know episodic uh, adventure action television with uh, Crocodile Man, yeah, and uh, Mr. T with his haircut like a uh, French poodle. That, that's 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 a that's a good direction to take. You already have turbulent juice. You don't need ball fondling and turbulent juice. Pickle Me This is distributed by Bald Move in association with Starburns Audio. It's produced by Jason Smith and Scott Porch from Starburns and myself, Manayron, from Bald Move. All music featured on this podcast is from the Rick and Morty soundtrack, available from Sub Pop Records. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To discover the many other great shows we do, please check out baldmove.com and starburns.audio. If you appreciate what we do and want to directly support us, consider joining our club at club.baldmove.com to get access to exclusive bonus audio and video features. Finally, you can follow us on your favorite social media at Bald Move. See you next time. <laughs>